sake. Hi there and welcome back to yet another episode of the FFS podcast. I almost tripped up there. So yeah, this is episode number 10 of the main flagship program which is the FFS series. So if you've been listening all the way from episode number 1 to and all the way from episode number 1 to now, glad that we could keep you entertained for so long and and welcome back. If you're just joining us for this particular episode, I totally 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 recommend you go listen to the previous episodes. They're as insightful as I hope this one's going to be. And if you like something a little more chaotic, a little more uh, reactionary, then I also advise you to go listen to our sister series which is called the MWF or the Midweek Fixture series. Um that the series where we kind of review games and you know have a lot more banter. This is a little more analytical, a little more insightful where we talk about topics that are, you know, yeah, sometimes the major headlines in the news but also sometimes are sort of left field and not often talked about. Uh and this is one topic uh, the topic for today's podcast is I think I think in the, somewhere in middle in the middle. It's not exactly the most known topics at least when every time i asked the fan they weren't sure of whether they heard about it uh but yeah it's something that has been recently introduced and that is the post brexit transfer rules uh regarding the english football league as a whole uh and so i'm joined by four guests uh two have been on the podcast before two haven't so we've kind of got a great mix over here uh and yeah before we get into discussing the topic in greater detail i think it's best that we have introductions and it just so happens that you know the first two guests all who will be giving their introductions are the ones who haven't been on the podcast and kind of falls great because we normally do this alphabetical order anyway so let's start off with augustus augustus could you give us a brief introduction of yourself So uh I'm Rockin I'm 26 I live in Europe since uh 6 years now and uh I'm a big Bayern fan and I'm very happy to be with you guys here today so thank you Awesome and you guys might be wondering Freddy but you know he's just he just introduced himself as a Bayern fan what's he got to do with the Premier League and the post Brexit football transfer rules and The answer to that is going to come probably in greater detail a little while later but he's got a lot to do because I felt like having a different perspective an outside perspective to what could happen to the Premier League because of these rules is going to be a vital aspect of this discussion. Um uh, and so thank you for being a part of this episode. Uh, we then move on to Doros and Doros would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, hello everybody. Uh, my name is Doros. I'm a Wolves fan of 20 years. Uh, old uh, wolves fan um generally a fan of football and um primarily awesome and doris you're from cyprus right right awesome i'm glad to have you that it uh i'm, like, I'm glad that we could reach out to you and especially <laughs> because we don't often hear from fans from countries that are not like close by at least or not the most populated country yeah i was i was a bit surprised and i'm very happy to have this uh, talk with everybody to see what's going on around the world especially definitely. in these times <laughs> yeah, definitely uh and next we move on to michael uh, michael would you like to tell us a bit about yourself yet again yeah hi guys uh this this is michael and uh i'm uh i'm based in chennai right now i'm from the state of mizoram and i'm a fan of west ham united So my nickname is Zohammer. As Pradi has said, I'm one of the people who has been here before, and I'm really interested to be a part of this uh, podcast as well. 
And on a little side note, Michael's the one who kind of urged me to do something uh, or urged me to do the tribute to Maradona. For those of you who haven't, I think you should probably go uh, check it out. It's on YouTube and on Twitter as well. So you should probably check that out. It's a small little tribute to, you know, probably arguably one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. And lastly, we've got Sishadri. Sishadri, would you like to give us a brief introduction? Um, so hi guys, uh, I am Sishadri and uh, I'm a Liverpool fan from, uh, you know, currently residing in Chennai. Um, yeah, delighted to be back on the podcast and uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. So we've kind of, we're done with introductions. And so I think it's best that we move on to discussing the topic at hand. Now, the question I want to start off with is, I know we all knew Brexit was happening and we knew that for a while now, but did you expect the rules to be as they were announced, we started with, uh, okay, let's move in the opposite direction. So we started with Seishadri first and then we move uh, the opposite way alphabetically. So Seishadri, what did you make of those rules when you first read about it? Right. Um, so as far as the timing of the uh, rules go, I kind of expected it to be right now because, you know, whether you like him, like it or not, Boris Johnson said, January 31st, we're out. Um, or whatever date in January it is exactly, I don't quite know. I think it's 31st, but I might be wrong on that. I think 31st uh, December, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Yeah, 31st December, sorry. Um, so yeah, January 1st will be out of Europe no matter what. And that includes everything, every aspect of life, whether you're in economics or sports or whatever it is. So I kind of expected the timing to be the same. The only thing I'll say is I expected the rules to be a little more stringent in terms of, uh, you know, we might get to it a little bit later, but especially in terms of homegrown players. So I thought there'll be a little more focus on them. Uh, but that's just, yeah, that's just my view. Awesome. All right. Uh, Michael, your thoughts? I, mean, I I know you probably were introduced to it probably a little later. And I think most of you, I mean, most of us were kind of, I think it slipped under the radar of sorts, the news. Uh, I, I don't know why, because this is of such vital importance, but uh, what did you make of it? Right. Yeah, this is something that was, uh, uh, it's something that we knew was coming, but the exact rules were something that I was acquainted with very recently, like Pradi said. But the main thing is, uh, I think this is actually an opportunity for uh, the academies, the, the clubs which have really good academies in England to be able to exploit. And a lot of, uh, it, as opposed to a lot of the doom and gloom that a lot of the bigger clubs probably have, in terms of, okay, we won't be able to, we're probably missing out on signing the next uh, young superstar and other leagues are going to be able to get that advantage on us. I look at it as a chance for a lot of English youth to be able to uh, uh, get their hopes up at actually getting a chance into breaking into the teams in uh, the EPL as well. So I think that's also another way to look at it. And us as being West Ham fans and having the academy of football, it's a big thing for us as well. All right, uh, Doro, your thoughts on this? Uh, I will not say that I'm an expert in the subject, but from what I've read and from what I remember from the era that was before uh, the, the, the free signings in the EU clubs between EU countries without uh, without obstacle, I have to say that my first impression is that. Uh, it will not matter that much. I think before they announced those measures, they thought it uh, from a business perspective that Premier League is such a big business and not to do something that will destroy uh, its appearing. So I think that 
from what I understood from uh, those rules, that uh, it will not uh, remove uh, the ability from the English clubs to to sign premium talent. So okay. it's up to the club to to choose wisely. Definitely, I think that that's going to be one of the major talking points in our later discussion about how I I, I think the rules were kind of meant to I I don't know it, it'll impact clubs differently different clubs differently uh but before i get to that augustus your thoughts on this from an outside outsider's perspective do you think that the 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 rules were i mean i i, I know that it was hap- it was going to happen but did you think that they would be as as i think most of the guests are a little on the lighter side and not too stringent honestly i think it's very good for the premier league to have less uh outsider talents i'd say or like talents from other leagues and i think it's very good that the English uh, academies finally would have time and uh, the English talents in general would have the chance to play for the first team. When I see players like Musiala yesterday with Bayern, I think it's honestly such a waste for Chelsea that that guy never got a chance. And I think maybe now a lot of English teams would have would take more time with their like talents and give them more chance to, to prove themselves. So it could be good for them. But it's also good maybe for the other leagues that the talents won't be that expensive because there is not that many English clubs like looking around them or like trying to sign them. So maybe good also for the French league that suffered a lot with this lately. But that's my opinion in general. Definitely. And yeah, we'll come to the academy point of view. And as well as, as you mentioned, I think the market would not be as competitive as it is right now. And also... There is a le- less chance of it being inflated because, uh, let's face it, these the English clubs are the ones that have majority of the money coming from the uh, broadcast revenue and so on and so forth. So they have the most amount to spend, apart from uh, obviously the PSGs and the uh, Real Madrid and all that. So uh, I think that that that's definitely one thing to look out for. But uh, I just want to ki- kind of quickly run through the the point system that is which is the major talking point of this uh this post brexit transfer rule so apparently yeah th- they will operate on a points based system where the points are scored based on three criteria which is senior and youth international appearances quality of the selling club uh, which also the league that they're in the league posi- pos- uh, position the progression in continental competition so it's important how well they do in the european uh, competitions like Europa League or the uh, yeah Champions League and the new one which has come up which I completely forgotten about and uh, also the club of, number of club appearances they're made based on the domestic league and continental competition minutes but I mean if you read through that obviously the point based system isn't overly overly stringent I think like we all can agree we may have thought that uh, the that given that UK was going to pull out that they would really come in hard with the transfer rules. And, uh, okay, but Augustus, because you kind of mentioned, you know, that it'd be good for the Premier League. I think, is this something that they're moving towards the, the Bundesliga more where they're trying to keep it? Yeah. The Bundesliga is known for keeping youth talent within the, within themselves, growing, playing players from the academy and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, do you see the Premier League kind of moving towards the Bundesliga model soon, or do you think it's it's still far away from that? 
I, I, honestly, I hope so, but I think it's still a bit far away from that. I think like there is still a lot of money in the English league, and there is like a lot of clubs who have way more money than they should, honestly. And uh, most of them don't spend it wisely. And I think honestly, if if they follow like a Bayern plan, for example, like the five years plan, where everyone gets a chance and every young player gets a chance, and we invest a lot more in the academy than we do uh, than other teams do. And today we can see that in Spain we have like too many talents that are coming up. Uh, Chris Richards, Musiala, and they're all helping the first team. And it's they're growing so fast and they're learning so so fast from the the other experienced players. And I think on the long term this could really benefit the Premier League. It could really help the small teams there because like a lot of talents would get more chance and maybe they would also go on loan to other like teams in the Premier League and it would get more game time. And uh, honestly, I think it might take a little bit of time before we get there, but it's definitely happening. I think teams like Chelsea, who has like a really great academy, uh, could really benefit from this if they take time with their talents. Yeah, and especially talking about Chelsea, I think that that's also one of the key clubs because they have a a very well known loan system where they kind of bring it. They either grow talent homegrown or they buy youth from different leagues, and then they. I don't know, have, have them in the academy for a few Again, ship them out to the uh, other clubs. I suppose it works slightly poor. I mean, their loan system will get be hit because of this because they can't get those new talents from outside. But on the other hand, it'll be the academy products, I guess, would be uh, who would replace these foreign youth talents, right? I think so. I think, I think yeah, maybe like some English clubs would miss out on the next Pogba or like the next French talent like Saliba or uh you know many young players that they were signing lately but i think on the other hand also like maybe the real like the grown homegrown english talents would get like more chance to to play for the first team i don't know honestly how the chelsea uh academy really works i think they honestly had like signed even from england they always signed like very good players and uh yeah maybe the loan system would not work so well but in general it could they could like still do way better with you know with their talents. I think they really wasted a lot of them lately. Yeah, <laughs> we we've all known examples of wasted talents in Chelsea and then have proven to be almost I mean really really good or even world class at different other clubs. Uh, I, but Michael, I think for West Ham, I, the example just popped into my head. I think Diangana was one such player who I you know could could have benefited from this rule earlier on that. You know, maybe he would have stayed at West Ham and probably played more games, given that West Ham couldn't go and dip into the transfer market. So I mean, I'm sure this would have helped players like them and more academy talent at West Ham. Right. Uh, I do agree with that. But the thing is, see, let's just uh, let's also focus on the fact that it's not as if they're completely erasing all. Foreign tra- imports, like for example, look at our transfer season recently. Uh, of our recent acquisitions in the transfer market, even if those Brexit rules had been in place in the last two years, we still would have gotten all the transfer targets that we did get eventually. So it didn't really affect us in that way. But you're right in terms of the long term, when the club looks at it and thinks about, uh, for a, we have a talent like Diangana who could be used. So in the long term, when the board thinks about it and thinks now they they might think that okay we sit we sell Diangana off we can even if we don't have 
a ready-made replacement, we can always buy another one and it could lead to the youth players being given more chances. I actually think the the main thing is we need to be able to mix both of these things together because that's something that has been missing a lot in from our level of uh, club development because unlike, again, the bigger clubs, we don't have the luxury of just getting the, the required players that we need for our positions. So sometimes we get those experienced players and they can play along with the younger players instead of being instead of the younger players having this time limit imposed on them to immediately perform quickly. So yeah, you're right. I think this could be something that could give players like Diangana more of a chance. In he could have possibly stayed on in West Ham if this had been in place. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. Okay. All right. I uh Doris, I for you, I mean obviously right now Wolverhampton Wanderers are kind of known as the Portuguese club in in the Premier League, given the number of Portuguese imports yeah. you've had yeah, over the past few years. but And I mean, it's understandably so, given that Nuno Espirito Santos is the manager they've tied up with, uh, Jorge Mendes. And uh, yeah, I mean, do you think Wolves might face an issue you know, come uh, next season? Or do you feel that... Uh, also, because I, because... One of the one of the criteria is the the league that they're in, and I think I don't know how competitive they they count the Portuguese league as because the, I think that's where Moutinho came. No, Moutinho came from the French league. If, I think or I, I might be mistaken, Monaco. but yeah, yeah, he came from the French league. Monaco, right? Yeah, yeah, Monaco. So, but I, how how do you, how do you think this would impact a club like Wolves in the long run? No, so that's the thing. In in the same way, uh, first off, it, I don't think it makes a difference whether he came from France. Now, now it's all EU, right? So it's basically yeah. non-UK. Uh, the thing is, yeah, no, it does. The, the 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 reason is because it does matter French or Portuguese because in terms of the they one of the criteria is the league that they're based in. So and obviously the number of performances they put in for those clubs. So, uh, and, no, Doris, I want to know from you as a Wolves fan. Uh, I know you did mention at the start that it really shouldn't make too much of a difference because of the the level that you are going to buy at. But um, I mean, in terms of youth, at least for youth talent for building for the future, do you think that Santos might have a slight issue given that he might not get the Portuguese talent that he might prefer to? I will answer to with a question. Yeah. Uh, do you think that uh, signing Mourinho or Auri Jimenez will be a problem in the future? Full-grown international with appearances everywhere? I guess not. So no. if you are buying talents from under 21 that are from the top 20, 30 prospects in the world at that time will be a problem to get the points required by the governing body. I don't think so. They buy expensively. Buying uh, what Silva, what's the name? It's a thirty million pounds uh, transfer. So I guess the the amount will not play such a big uh, uh, role in the decision of the governing body. But uh, signing a player from Porto that plays in Champions League. Competes for the Portuguese Championship. Is a is I think the captain of his country that uh, was in the final of the World Cup for for his age. So you get the points. That's yeah. the idea. I mean, they are established talents worldwide known. 
The problem will be to sign players like uh, the exceptions, like Mares, that was playing for uh, Division Two in France, and Leicester got him for I think two hundred thousand pounds. That that transfer will not be made with the new rules, but transfers. Uh, like the ones that Wolves made in the last few years, I don't think they are going to have a problem to spot talent like that. All Expensive right. talent. So right. my answer is no. I don't think it's going to... The, the, the rules that they've made, the new rules that they made for the foreign players, the players are not that strict. That's my point. Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Sechatri, from Liverpool's perspective, we all know Klopp's kind of, or Klopp and the recruitment team's love for getting, obviously, along the big signing, along with the big signings, even the lesser known players, the under 17, we saw that with Sepp van der Berg, we saw that with Harvey, I mean, obviously Harvey Elliott, who is English, but getting youth talent and it doesn't matter from which country. Now, I'm, I suppose those would definitely be disrupted for Klopp, right? As opposed to, like, like Doe said, in in terms of the major signings that Liverpool are going to make, we've already seen that they're already looking at players who are well established and stuff like that. So, it it'll be the ones, the youth talent that they're probably looking at. Or let let me kind of say this, okay? So, Liverpool's recruitment team, and and I think you'd agree with me, is to sign youth talent for peanuts and then sell them for a profit. That's a model that's going to be disrupted by this. Yeah, I think um, you and Doros, both of you hit the nail on the head pretty much. Um, so there's two major uh, sort of things that get impacted by these new rules. Now, like Doros said, major transfers, if you're buying, you know, Nabi Keita or if Wolves were buying Raul Jimenez, you know, that's not going to be affected. Like those guys are still going to come to England if their teams want them. But when you're talking about the youth level, now, there is obviously the direct disruption of movement of players from uh, Europe to uh, to the United Kingdom. So, for example, you know, Cesc Fabregas' transfer would not have to Arsenal would not have happened under these new rules if it was there at the time, for example. So, I think it would have happened. Sorry, I think it would have happened for Fabregas because it was from. Uh, no, he was. Uh, I, no, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still a little unclear on that. But just based off of uh, the age and. Things like that. So I was just yeah. saying, you know, if you just look at it in terms of age, at and at 16 years of age, Fabregas was not a proven Spanish international, or he wasn't playing but regularly for Barcelona. So he, wa- he was one of the very one of the most promising talents in Spain. Him and in, I think at that age, he was really known to be like everyone expected him to be the next best, best thing. Yeah, so of I course, of course. Happen. I'm not I'm not uh, denying that, but uh, you know, you get to that point where. At that stage, you're arguing as to whether, you know, I mean, there is provisions for that also in these new rules. But, yeah, that, that's uh, what a club has to. Yeah, yeah uh, but, you know, just to use him as a sort of a limited example, let's say, you know, if you just take his age and let's just assume he was not someone who was very highly regarded by anyone other than Arsenal, then, you know, they would have a difficult time getting him to England. But, um, you know, the, the point I was making is it's very difficult. Okay, Sepp Vandenberg, for example, would not have happened. And, He's not a. He's not someone we talk of in the same way we spoke of Fabregas at that age. Um, so that's your direct disruption. The indirect disruption of youth transfers happens when, because of these new rules, clubs like West Ham and Southampton, who have really good academies, they're going to value their youngsters more. They're not going to be. Rel- they're not going to be selling 
they already don't sell their youngsters to bigger clubs like Liverpool and City and United very easily. But now with these new rules, their youngsters are going to be even more valuable. And so if, if for example, if West Ham, get, West Ham gets another Declan Rice within their ranks at you know, 15, 16 years of age from London, they're not going to be selling them to, to Liverpool, for example. So at least not cheaply. So that's one. And uh, Doris mentioned, you know, Riyad Mahrez's transfer to Leicester. So that's another set of transfers that get affected. Uh, transfers that are bargains. Um, so now you're sort of, you know, uh, you're forcing sort of these mid-table and sort of bottom-table clubs to look at, you know, players who are more pricier. Maybe they could, maybe they have a better player in a lower league, but they can't buy him because he plays in a lower league. He's not going to be able to fulfill the point system requirements. So that's that's another thing that gets affected there. Right. Okay. Uh, August, I want August, I want your thoughts on this because uh, I think you and Seshadi made this point. Okay. Now, or rather, Seshadi made this point about the clubs in England valuing their talent more. And you also said that the the clubs like Chelsea will now have a chance to play their youth more and take care of their youth better than they are probably doing right now. And that's arguable. That's still arguable. But for a club say, in the Bundesliga, and it, and I'm not only at least Bayern, Dortmund, uh, Leipzig, but even a mid-table or lower-table club who would probably look at the English uh, league to kind to kind of source young talent and develop them in, in Germany. This would be a sort of blow to them because right now they could uh, they could purchase this youth talent for at a cheaper price. I mean, it depends on who the talent is, but they could relatively uh, approach them and purchase them for a cheaper price. But now, given that there is a, you know, that probably, like Seishaji said, that the clubs will value them a little more. I think it will be a little more pricey for them. Honestly, I agree. I think it's going to be a bit harder to get like the English or like the top English talent. I think a lot of people would be looking for them and the competition would be tough. And also the teams will try and keep them. Because in the past, for example, I think Bayern tried to get Hudson Odoi or like Musiala. Yeah. And uh, we've seen it also with Sancho and yeah. a lot of other talents that lately joined the Bundesliga for more game time. But I think there's also the fact that the Bundesliga is more attractive for them. They get more chance, they get more time to learn and develop. And it's also a bit away from the pressure of the Premier League and the pressure of being British, which is in England. Uh, I think there is a lot of pressure on, on young talents. As in Germany, they get more time. And like we've seen it with Musiala, he at first made a lot of mistakes, but he still was played and uh, always helped by the other players from Müller, Lewandowski, even Sané and Coman. They try and help him and try and get him as integrated as possible. Uh, so I do agree that it's going to be harder now to get like the English talents. So maybe Bundesliga teams would look away or look more towards the French league. And uh, yeah, honestly, I think also it's a good it's a good thing for the Premier League in general because the small clubs will also be more attractive and would also try and get those talents. And maybe uh, talents like Sancho and and Musiala could have helped you know some other English teams if they they signed them before Bayern or like Dortmund. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's a really good thing for the competitivity of the league in general, for the Premier League uh, and for the English national team. 
In fact, I think within England, it it helps because, uh, like you said, had Sancho not gone to Borussia Dortmund, they could easily have been look, looking at a club in the Premier League itself to sort of get, you know send him to the, to a club in the Premier League or even the Championship. I don't know why we only concentrate on the Premier League, but I think if I'm not mistaken, Bayern were even linked to Max Adams from Norwich uh, as a right back option. If I'm not mistaken, yes, uh, it was definitely I think a backup option. But the first option was always Dest, that lately joined sure. Barcelona, and uh, yeah, I think it's just the price that was not maybe affordable for Bayern because Bayern were just looking for a backup, not someone who would start ahead of Pavard because Pavard was always the coach choice. Exactly, so, and, yeah, and if and if you're saying that it's, he's expensive now, can you imagine what he'd be if once the rules are established that you know Norwich would definitely not want to sell him for. Anything less, and we've seen how inflated the market can get. Uh, I know we did. I did make the statement that the market could not be as inflated, but I feel like, and I don't know. And uh, probably Doris, you can help me. Given that, I, I did mention earlier that the market could go back to probably what it was pre-Neymar. Given that, you know, the English teams are the ones with the big bucks and the big money move. But in another way. Could they also help inflated? Given that they the they there's a limit on the alternatives that they can buy and sell. So it it feels like if they reach out to a club and the club knows that there are no possible alternatives, they can raise the price. Or the other way around, that the English clubs can raise the price because they value their product a little more right now. Honestly, I think it in general it will only have an effect on the acad- academy level. I don't think like the seniors or like the Big players would have a problem with moving to England, so I don't think like the Premier League clubs would suffer from it that much. But I think it would make maybe the Premier League for youngsters more attractive because they would get more more visibility and more uh, chance to prove themselves. But then again, the question is always going to be: Are they going to be more attractive than the Bundesliga? And I think that's a really hard question because the Bundesliga right now is really attractive because. We have like good examples of English talents who came there and they all kind of succeeded. And uh, from Sancho, from now Musiala, and I think it's very attractive to a lot of other talents to follow that model and to come to Germany and try and get their chance because they know they're gonna get the game time, they know they're gonna get the, the right like uh, follow up, and they know that they gonna like the teams believe in them and in the talents. They just don't sign them for for the name or like for the league. Exactly. Uh, I think. Um, sorry. Yeah. Uh, can I just? I, I just could you give me one second? I just want Doros if he agrees yeah. with what Augustus has said, and then we move on to Sesadri. I think that uh, the transfer policy is not going to be the only variable that decides the the future of uh, worldwide uh, transfer market. We also have the situation, have the situation with the pandemic. So, uh, in the long term, we have to see what uh, the effects will be. Uh, not only the Brexit effect, but the pandemic effects. And after that, you will have a, a clear idea about the, the money spent on football transfers or Anything else? So okay. Um, to be honest, because I don't think that uh, the measures are really strict for um, rich English football clubs to sign premium talent, 
it will not be a problem. One thing I don't know, even for the matter deal, is if you can buy someone or partially buy him and loan him out or have him play with his home uh, club. I don't know what the situation will be. Uh, another another thought is that maybe those rules will help in the future to avoid situations mentioned uh, with uh, the Chelsea policy with the youngsters. I mean, buying like uh, having a 100 young players from all over around the world is obvious that many, uh, most of them will not play English or, or foreigners. Uh, that, uh, more or less, that rather uh, are my thoughts. Uh, Pradi, yeah, yeah, Pradi, can ahead. I just cut in just a minute? I'm so, I'm really sorry, Sashadri. I know you with this thing. I just wanted to clarify something because yeah. I think this is something that I. Uh, I've heard a little bit conflicting among the different podcast members also. And to be honest, this is me also not being 100% sure because from a few different sources, I've heard slightly different and alternate uh, version of it. Isn't the rules as such that from now on, no the, the limit for overseas players is six per club, irrespective of being under 21 or under 18, right? Um, so, the, yeah, can I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I can clarify that actually. Yeah. Um, so... So basically how it works right now is English clubs cannot sign players under 18 and between um, 18 and 21, I think there's a limit of six players. Um, I think that's the thing which I, 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 from one source, I've heard that that under 21 is three, while in general, all uh, 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 foreign players should be given six, the, the limit is six. Yeah, I, I mean, from Sky Sports, that's what they say is that yeah, if it's under 21, you can. It's limited to three in the January transfer window and six per season moving forward. So I think it's still under 21. Only yeah, three in the January transfer window, but six overall. I think on top of the, if it's a premium big buy, I think that's that's okay. I don't think there's a limit to that. Yeah. So between yeah, six per season per club and um, three in the January window. So what I wanted to say was, I think where this affects most is the youth transfers because um, Augustus mentioned that the German Bundesliga is obviously known for giving youngsters a chance and that's very true. You know, you look at Jaden Sancho, Jude Bellingham uh, and that's just two players. So, there's there's many, many more. <laughs> and so, what this brings about is what the what this rule for this under-18 transfers brings about is that it, it puts a little bit of pressure on English youngsters as well because by, by the time they're 18, if they're good enough in the Bundesliga, they're going to get a chance. And it puts a little bit of pressure on English youngsters because now they don't have foreign talent competing with them at an under-18 level. And which means you have to get good enough that by the time you're 18, <clears throat> you should be of a standard to play for Wolves or play for West Ham or play for Liverpool. Which which is a good thing, which is what which is why the German Bundesliga is reputed. You know, you, you give your youngsters a chance. And eventually, I think, maybe not in the next four or five years, but eventually after that, there will come a point where I think the Premier League will also be competing with the Bundesliga for that same reputation that they do give their youngsters a chance. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I wanted to say. Okay, Sishad, hold on there because I want to ask you one more thing. I, uh, it's it's about sending players to Germany and all that. I think I mean, a prime example is what Klopp has done. I think a lot of players that we've signed and probably are have were young at that point of time were sent to German clubs, whether it be Mainz, whether it be Hertha. I think Kruik was sent to Hertha. We've sent, uh, you know, I think, Nathaniel Phillips to uh, Augsburg, Augsburg, 
or Stuttgart, 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 and so many other such such uh, you know players who. This is so I'm I'm kind of intrigued because I mean what Doyle said I'm not really certain whether say we buy a player and then we do what we did with Navigator which is let him play in the Bundesliga or whichever league that he's in for another year or so and rack up those points. Um, obviously, if if he performs well and he reaches that under 21 or over 21 age and matches the points that points criteria, then he you know he gets a he gets into the Premier League uh, into the Premier League side. But if he doesn't, then you can sell him off. I'm like like those. I'm really not certain as to how that works. I I haven't read any rules that mention that, and I feel that that could still be a part of the. I mean, that could still work. So the way I think, I think clubs have sort of, you know, one way that they're exploring, and this is something that I read, is they're they're looking at affiliate clubs, which you know, affiliate clubs or clubs that are part of a larger footballing group, like you know, you have the the Red Bull group, which has Leipzig, Salzburg, and guys like that, and City in Man- in in um, England have that City football group with clubs around the world, and they have links to Girona. Uh, Leicester's got uh, shares in a, in a Belgian club, I think, Beershot or something. Uh, you know, different clubs have affiliations with different clubs. So the way I see this working is if they, if let's say there's a talented youngster playing in uh, Girona, for example, and City see that, okay, this guy has got the potential to potent, to be a, a key City player in maybe five, six years' time. I think what they'll do is, you know, when he's 15, then they can't sign him because he's obviously under 18. He's not going to be uh, he's not going to have fulfilled the point system. So what he's going, what they're going to do is just let him stay at Girona till he's 18. Have maybe some sort of a verbal agreement with Girona that you know when he turns 18, we're going to bid and we're gonna, we'll meet your asking price for him at that point. And you know you sell him to us that or we have sort of the first option that you know that a lot of transfers these days also have. Uh, we have the first option on this fellow. So we might see agreements happen like that. And once they turn 18, they can then come to the City Academy compete for a first team spot and if they're good enough they can they can play and if they're not good enough they get sold um so i think largely the over 18 part of it or over 21 part of it is not as much as affected as uh, maybe the under 18 and the way uh, teams are going to operate as far as uh, transfers when we mentioned chelsea quite a bit if we look at uh, you know chelsea system has been buy youngsters stockpile them and then send them on loan to vitesse or to uh, other clubs what I think we'll see is now maybe a partnership with Vitesse, whereby Vitesse gets to keep the player till he's 18 and then, uh, you know, sell him to Chelsea. And if he's good enough, then Chelsea buy him. That also gives Chelsea a little bit of time instead of buying them too young at 16 or 17. It also gives Chelsea a little bit of time to evaluate the player and say, okay, 18. And they, at that point, they'll, because of these under 18 rules, they'll also have a bunch of talented youngsters at, at the age of 18 years old in their own academy. And they can say, Okay, how does this particular central midfielder compare to my particular central midfielder? Is he good enough to play for Chelsea? Is he good enough to challenge for a first-team spot at the age of 18? If so, then we'll buy him. If not, then we can just let him stay at Vitesse. Right. And in addition to the feeder... I mean, the we, I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe the significance of a feeder club will... Or, a, yeah, feeder club, I think that's what... Or sister clubs, as they sometimes are called. That'll, that'll be interesting to see how significant they become in due course. But... Another one is agents, right? And Doros, if I'm not mistaken, George Mendes or Jorge Mendes, however you want to pronounce it, he has a stake in Bulls. And 
a person like him is very vital in matters like this because and especially like we're talking youth talent here so for example like he a player of under under his uh what are they called his company right whatever company the this uh, agent company that he runs so obviously it's 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 nice to have someone of his stature kind of involved because he can move around these players from clubs that he has uh partnerships with or he knows dearly and i i, I guess yeah. that would work well for you yes 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 that's the big difference now not only for wolves but for the international football if you compare the wolves let's say if you see wolves uh, the last time that uh, wolves participated in the premier league with Mick McCarthy uh, when we got that We had money, but we had no idea after spending 30 years in the lower leagues in championship about the international market. So uh, even you had the money, but you didn't have the knowledge to buy players from all over around the world to buy good talents. The big difference now is that they have a person that knows the international market and they've, they've made really good signings. Uh, for, I wanted to say about Wolves uh, that specific example with the past uh, in order to say that if you, if you come to the present you have uh, e.g. I don't know Burnley for example that you see they don't buy international talents in any case if you see the, 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 the squad it's mainly yeah. from uh, from England Right. So that's that's the big difference in today's football. That clubs like Leicester or Wolves have knowledge of the international market. The smaller clubs, smaller than Chelsea, smaller than United, in terms of financial ability to buy good talents. So I think that this will be the differentiator in, uh, in in the future, the knowledge, the good knowledge of the international market, and not the rules. Right. Okay. Perfect. Uh, August. One thing that I think Dorothy mentioned was, you know, so now, obviously for for clubs below the mid table or the bottom table. So I don't know how it ha- how. It's impacted, you know, the second division of Bundesliga. But from I, I suspect that given now that there will be a lot more interaction between the Championship and the Premier League, that probably I, I would think that it, it would be a win-win situation for both. How has it been for the Bundesliga? You know, in terms of sourcing players from the lower division and helping it out, is that have you seen that happen? And has that been good for In Germany, yeah, I think the the last and the best example uh, was Joshua Kimmich, who came from Leipzig, who at the time played in the third division. And uh, the whole example, like Leipzig, is is a really good example because they started as a very small club in the fifth division, and they always signed only young talents. And some of them, of course, are German; some of them are not. But they really built a very good and viable business plan that worked, and they got to the first division and the first season they finished second and that's what you know because of the talents like Timo Werner like uh, 
Joshua Kimmich who also helped them get to the second division and a lot of other talents. And I think it, it does work. I think looking at the second division sometimes or like the championship would help both both leagues because the Premier League would also benefit from top talents who would get, you know, like of course the the, the media attention, the the time and the the chance to play and prove themselves and also the championship that would be able to sell their players and get more money and finance their you know, their build rebuild or like if they're struggling in the second division in the championship. And uh, also in general, I think it could be beneficial. Benef- it could benefit a lot of other leagues because I've seen it a lot lately and I've seen like how many good talents they were sadly wasted in England, like Serge Gnabry, for example, who went very young to Arsenal. And in four years, I think he played like 10 games. And I find that very, very sad because he's such a top talent. And, you know, Bayern got him for 8 million, sent, sent him alone for two years at two clubs and you know the guy now is one of the best wingers in the world and uh yeah i i remember I think, that i think tony pulis or someone said that nabri gnabri wasn't even ready to play normal like yeah it was wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah it but, but that's the problem sometimes is that it, yeah. you don't take time to to really uh look at the talents you have and if you keep for example if gnabri stayed in england i don't think he would have been the player he is today i think yeah going back to bundesliga really helped him improve and that's simply because he was given the right time and you know he was given the chance to play where he wanted and given the chance to play at like teams where he would or like he he fits in the plan or like he fits with the game plan they have and I think in, in the Bundesliga, they do that a lot. So, for example, Leipzig would not buy a talent that they know they can't use. So, for example, yeah, they rely a lot on Salzburg. And it's another, like, Red Bull team. But they also know exactly the type of players they want. They know how to recruit, like, Opamecano or, like, a lot of other players who fit perfectly with the idea of, like, their their plan and Timo Werner, etc. And I think... Like English clubs in general, sometimes they just buy talents because they're talented. But somehow, like sometimes you should also think about how they would, they would fit with the first team. And I think, yeah, like buying from the championship and looking at players who play there would, would be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, would benefit like both in the Premier League and the championship on the long and, term. Yeah, and Sushati, you'd probably concur with what Augustus has said because I think from Liverpool's perspective, Andy Robertson from Hull, uh, Genie Van Alden relegated from Newcastle and they've all proven to be quite significant buys for Klopp as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say I completely agree with what Augustus just said. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's it it forces clubs to sort of rethink their transfer policies. Like, you know, there's, there's a line that Augustus said at the end, you know, English clubs buy players just because they, they look talented at whatever age they buy them at. And then they don't even consider the fact that, you know, okay, this player may not fit us. And the best example, again, and I keep going back to Chelsea because, you know, they've had two sort of big misses, um, even Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne. They bought them when they were young because they were talented. Well, and Lukaku that talent, well. Lukaku as well. And, you know, there's more. I mean, if, if yeah. you start digging Chelsea's youth history, that's a, <laughs> that's a minefield. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean... In my opinion, I think even Mo Salah, fine, when he, he didn't perform well at Chelsea. So, when he went to Roma, there wasn't much to you know talk about. So, fine. But Kevin De Bruyne, we all could see he was ta- talented. And the way he played at Wolfsburg was brilliant. And we could see he was talented. And he just didn't get a chance at Chelsea because they just had too many players. They, they were just not going to give him that chance. And he had to leave Chelsea. He had to go to Wolfsburg and then come back to City, uh, a complete player, I guess. And uh, so, you know, it forces clubs to rethink their transfer policies. You know, now you 
when you buy a player he kind of has to be a hit he can't be a miss um and i know every transfer is a hit or a miss like every club has had their own issues with field transfers but you know liverpool's recruiting and even even clubs like bayern munich for example their recruiting is really really good that the, the amount of failures in every uh, transfer window is very very less and uh, that's i think you know it it will force the clubs to sort of align the manager's vision on the pitch with what the boardroom does in you know when they're negotiating transfers right uh, michael i i want to ask your views on okay other do you want to yeah. say something before yeah if i yeah uh, just for given the brain he went i think first on loan to uh verder bremen and it's the same team that like uh gnabry went to on loan and that was just one example and now they gave us serge, serge gnabry and kevin de bruyne that's just verder bremen and that's like the big problem with english teams is that it doesn't happen that much and i think like they should look at teams like verder bremen that really don't have much money and they just like really use the loans but they use them very very wisely and they give us like top top players today Okay Michael I want to ask you because I think you we all know I know you mentioned that you guys don't have any money right now but David Gold and Sullivan I think they 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 see they probably one of the examples that Augustus and Sheshadi were talking about that they probably just buy talent for the sake of it I don't know if you would agree with me or not but uh yeah I do you think this would probably kind of reduce now that uh they probably look at now either from the championship or you talent within the academy itself yeah so that is definitely something that i was actually uh, thinking about as well when they mentioned it the thing is it it definitely makes more of an onus on the scouting network for each respective club they can't really have too many misses now anymore uh, and the thing is for a club at our level especially like buying a philippe anderson or a sebastian haller and having them flop is way more uh, of a big impact than it would probably have if they were had gone to one of the big six clubs and had flopped there so it definitely puts more onus on the scouts available to to give you better uh, scout reports um and the thing is i the, the only thing that i can think of which would be a a big impact in terms of and this is more of a, a, a sentimental thing i guess like uh, maybe the uh, uh, there there was always a feeling in the lower level clubs that you could get this type of gem of a player suddenly maybe it's somebody that wasn't that successful in other clubs uh, in other leagues and then they came to england to be able to have that type of a go and this thing now because of that scrutiny maybe like for example the dicanios and the dimitri payes uh, who for our, for our club uh, they probably would not have even come to our club if the bexit rules had come up so that is also something that in a negative way could have affected us as well so uh i don't know the, the thing is i agree with what augustus and all said it definitely does increase increase the scrutiny on the scouting networks available uh, i just wanted to add one thing based on something that you guys said uh, andy robertson also would be counted in this because he came from the scottish premier league that comes under the eu so he wouldn't have been counted as regular english this thing for hal hal wouldn't have been able to get yeah, in yeah 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 i yeah i i think wait oh wait scottish that's uk right why would that no yeah, scotland scotland, oh, scotland would still wait. be uh, yeah sorry go ahead. yeah no no go ahead good yeah no so i was going to say scotland was anyway going to be a part of the uk so uh, it, it i wouldn't matter as much um i don't think no i i'm pretty sure they're still under the brexit uh, they then they're under eu rules right now 
I yeah, I'm, I don't know. No, what, I mean, but, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Good. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. Brexit involves both um, England and Scotland together, and Northern Ireland. But uh, yeah, so those three leagues would all sort of be part of it. But again, you know, I'm not entirely sure on how Scotland is affected because everything I've read on this is basically re- with relation to England. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's a good point because I really I would have thought that given I mean Brexit, I know Scotland voted against it, but and I don't know about the referendum and all that they want separately. But I, I haven't read anything about that, and it's a, it's a really interesting thing because I would think that they would follow what the English Premier League and the English Football League are going to go through, unless they suddenly decide to call it quits with UK. But yeah, I mean something that again is not really clear and something that we probably have to wait until January. Actually, it's going to be implemented this January, so we're not going to wait too long. Uh, the last question that I do have uh, for you all is the impact that's going to have on popularity of the Premier League and Bundesliga. And Augustus would kind of agree with me that there's an, there's an endless debate, or anyone who's been on Twitter, there's an endless debate amongst all fans of different leagues as to which is the most uh, which is the better league at least uh i think there's no there's not much debate as to which is the more popular league but at least now perhaps given that youth people watching football what wanting to watch big i mean some of the youth talent from and pro- probably european youth talent that pops up and they can't go to england would that have any sort of impact in terms of which league might be watched some more? Or do you feel that the fact that more academy products are going to be playing in England, that would mean that there is going to be more popularity in the Premier League? I, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. So, again, Augustus, what do you think on this? Honestly, I don't think it will affect that much the Premier League. Uh, like, I think it's still going to be the most popular league. And it's definitely, like, for me, it's definitely better than the Bundesliga. I never really said the opposite. It's just that the, the difference between the leagues is not as high as people think. It's a problem that people just assume that if you play in the Bundesliga, then it's way easier for you. When it's actually not the case. It depends on you know the profile of the player. It depends on how you play. Because if you are a defender in the Bundesliga, then it's harder because teams play more often. You know The strikers always have more, for example, more space and it's more attack-minded. And uh, yeah, if you play, of course, as a striker, you might get more chances. But but that's the point, is that every league is very different. And for example, in Spain, the pressing is so high that it's very hard for like midfielders. You have to have like a very good control of the ball. That's why like a lot of English midfielders would not make it in Spain. So it depends on where you are. It depends on a lot of things. that You can't just compare players based on how they do in a league. And you should look at all the factors. And that's why, for me, the Champions League is very important to like judge players. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I think in terms of popularity, I think the Premier League will always be very popular because of uh, the countries that watch it. You know, like you have Indians that love the Premier League, you have Chinese that, people that love the Premier League, and you know they are very, <laughs> they're like two big countries. And you have also America. And uh, as for Spain, for example, you have Latin America. That's why you know that it plays a role. And for Germany, you don't have many people who are interested in the German football in general. That's why. I think it's now growing because of the globalization of everything. But yeah, for a long time, it was not probably the most interesting league for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think obviously there's obviously this preconceived notion that if you are in 
a league other than the Premier League, you're probably in a farmers league, uh, which is ridiculous uh, and laughable as well. Uh, but yeah, girls, uh, your thoughts on this? Do you feel that? Obviously, I guess you'd agree that a lot of fans like us watching the Premier League week in week out, we'd love the fact that one of our homegrown talents are going to be playing also week in week out, as well as the bigger talents, of course. But we'll have to we'll see more of our youth talent break through the ranks and kind of make a name for themselves. Hopefully, a major major danger here with the change of rules. There is a small possibility. I wouldn't say a big one, but there is a small possibility that I think we all agree that the Premier League has a model that works. It's a, everybody watches it. Everybody loves the way Premier League football is being played. The players that are in. So if the rules uh, change change this uh, dynamic, this equation. And um, there, there is a, a possibility. I think that uh, maybe in the future the smaller clubs, not the big six, uh, will get weaker. And if that's the case, I don't think that the big clubs will have any problems adjusting to these rules and having a powerful squad. But if there is a big gap in, in the next two, three, five years between the big clubs and the smaller ones, then the Premier League will lose its appearance for everybody. And if the competition is not that big, then uh, it will lose its, uh, its appearance in, uh, in all over the world. That's, then, that's then, the issue then, for me there. Then we become the Farmers League. No, no, not the Farmers League, but, you know, if you compare, remember the Italian football in the 90s? Yeah, yeah. yeah Everybody had perfect teams. The competition was so high, so the Italian league was the number one all over the world. I totally now, agree. Italians in the 80s. That, yeah. 80s, right? Yeah. Or the Spanish league in the 2000s. 2000s, yeah. Yeah, when, when you lose the competition, you, you lose the. I think you you lose the most uh, the factor that that makes you uh, the best one, the best one to watch. Entertainment. But, but as of now, given the the rules that are set right now, it I don't think there should be too much of a difference. Would you agree with that? I totally agree, one hundred percent. But yeah. for me, it's important what is what the budgets will be in the near future. Because of the, what's happening around the world right now. Exactly. Now, now you have the, the financial stability, you have the financial power to buy, to buy the, the, the best talents available. If yeah. you lose that, you don't know what the consequences will be combining the fact that you put some rules to get uh, talents in your league. Right. And uh, Michael, your thoughts on this as well, in terms of, I I, I do agree, I think, as of, like Doris has said, if, if if it does change, then it'll be even more interesting. To, if they get more stringent with it, it'll be interesting to see how badly it'll affect it. But right now, do you feel there's going to be as much as an impact that, People fear fear it might have. 
so here I, I I do think that it does have a big impact on it, and there's something that we I I just realized that we haven't really touched on in this part. I don't know whether Pradi is not go, going to be a bit irritated that I'm bringing this up a bit late, but uh, it, I is it not uh, also put in place that uh, uh, foreign managers also will be having restrictions put on them? Like, Are they? Yeah, there was some yeah, there articles. Is, there is. Uh, yeah, there was so, some article. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, they they are going to be subjected to the same sort of points-based system, but I think it's a lot more looser for them because I think the uh, what they consider to be a top-tier league is you know thirty-three leagues that ranges all the way from you know La Liga and Bundesliga to the Slovak Slovakian league. So, for anyone hi- who you hire from these leagues, you shouldn't be having a problem. Um, no, I, from what I've heard, it's uh, so the rules are about. Putting in the manager is he has to have had three like three of his last five years should have been spent at one of the top leagues uh, if he's going to be. Getting... Uh, so what they consider to be a top league ranges from uh, La Liga and like I said La Liga and Bundesliga all the way down to the Slovi- Slovakian league. So there's 33 leagues in that. Uh, are we and sure about that? Because yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. The tier uh, two because I got I, I got this from Ma- the Athletic. So yeah, Michael, Michael, we aren't yeah. really sure about anything right now. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. No, I'm I just read an article saying that. Uh, Solskjaer wouldn't have been uh, uh, it wouldn't have been easy for Man United to have appointed him, uh, for example. Yeah, that's because um, that's because I think it came from Molde. Yeah, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah, so, so the Scandinavian leagues, it's the same thing with players as well. The Scandinavian leagues are rated lower, so it's harder for them to fulfill the point system requirements because their league itself, the league in which they play. Yeah. Doesn't right. give them as many points as um, you know, maybe playing in France would, for example. Yeah, Michael, I, I'm not irritated because I really didn't know about this. I didn't know <laughs> anywhere. Uh, I'm quite surprised about it that it's extended to manage. I only read about these players, so that's why uh, I, I'm sure if we, if I knew about, it, I think we'd have had this a little earlier. But uh, but apart from that, what are your? Yeah. So apart from that, I think see, there's one thing which uh, which is interesting. I don't have, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But there's one thing which I definitely do think it could affect potentially is, see, the thing is, uh, see, when we were talking earlier about which is the best league, right? Or which yeah. is the most, this thing, I, I'd rather look at it, I've always liked the Premier League as, I, I describe it as the most competitive league. Not the best league per se, like uh, there are different leagues at different points of time, like the Italian league in the 90s or the Spanish league in the 2000s, which uh, always are better in terms of maybe technical level here or uh, the the glamour level there, but then I think the EPL has always been very competitive throughout. But the thing which I which really interests me is the fact that there are different styles, right? When you look at different uh, people from different like you, for example, you expect Spanish players to be of a certain type, you expect English players to be of a certain type. I think uh, recently a lot of English youth have been breaking that typecast. You've had a lot of players who like Phil Foden's, like uh, uh, Serge Gnabry. And no, not Serge Nabi. Um, yeah, Serge Nabi and uh, uh, different players who are young and who are not necessarily the English type of player that you would expect. And I don't know how this is going to affect that. I think might actually be affected because will they be forced to play their like the English players? Will they be forced to again follow the English stereotype of what a player is supposed to be from England, or will they be able to incorporate more into their thing? Because now. The roles that they could have probably got a Portuguese person for or a Spanish person for, maybe they have to fit in an English person there now. So I think that's also another thing which could really affect the future of the youth also who are coming up in England, right? I, I mean, it also, I guess that depends on the manager. I think we had this discussion earlier about how a manager is now very important because it's his 
idea and his vision which will seep down into the academies and i suppose depending on the vision i don't think there will be i know what your concern is like will we go back to the years of stoke city type football where you hoof it up or even burnley type football where you hoof it up and you have english traditional strikers up there i doubt it because it will all depend on the manager so if a club is there i doubt his academy is going to start playing burnley style football or if a guardiola is there he's going to start so i don't it it becomes even more important about how um, you know how from top to bottom how a club is operated uh, i think that's my view on it uh, sheshadi uh, another thing is i know the efl clubs are right now in a very precarious situation a lot of them are facing really financial troubles this would again like i said help them because they can sell their youth talent for a larger price given that the premier league premier league teams can't get similar aged talent from outside so it will help them financially definitely right yeah i i think so i think it will definitely help them financially if they find like for example i think uh, delhi ali might be a good example so he came through at um, i think dagenham and redbridge i'm not Really MK sure. Dons, MK Dons. MK Dons. I don't know why I thought of that. Anyway, um, MK Dons. Yeah. So he came through MK Dons, and then he went to a bigger club. So I think talents. Like, I think there'll be a lot of emphasis placed on sort of local scouting because, like you said, you know, you can't rely on talents from France and Germany and Spain. So you're looking at local scouting. So and that would mean you know we mentioned at the top of the show about affiliate clubs that that would that might mean that English clubs. form affiliates within themselves like i wouldn't be surprised if liverpool and uh, you know chesterfield suddenly announced a, a, an affiliation or something like that so i wouldn't be surprised by that uh, so that's one thing and uh, as far as uh, clubs keeping hold of their players like i said you know once you reach a certain stature once let's say you have a premier league club i think they're going to be able to keep hold of their younger players for longer um as for styles of play which uh, mike brought up i agree with you i think it's down to the coaches i i think um it's it's and you know it's their philosophy that goes through the youth academy and it's much easier to change the style of a player who is 15 than uh you know someone who's 25 for example so trent alexander arnold would be a good example he played in midfield for some time in the youth academy and then he was moved to right back because his one of his coaches felt he could be a better right back as well um so stuff like that and um, as far as uh, you know your um i guess your original question was whether the which league would be better and things like that i think the premier league you know a lot of people mentioned it i think the premier league is still going to be the best league in terms of pure viewership um the benefit of this rule would be i think in my opinion it would be nice to for example see a trent alexander arnold come up at many other clubs you know or a mason mount come through and i think if you if you're a if you're an ardent fan you've been following them since they were maybe 15 or 16 and when they were playing for their under 18 sides and then it's nice to see what it's nice to see that progression to the first team and i'm sure you know augustus might be able to uh, attest to this as a bayern fan i'm sure this happens a lot in germany where you know you follow a guy who's 16 and then you see him develop you know with with the younger teams and then suddenly one day he makes his debut in a cup game you see how he performs he makes his debut in a league game and before you know it he's a regular starter for the first team so i think that sort of excitement is missing in england uh it happens so which is why you know we celebrate a trent alexander arnold or we celebrate the fact that reece james and mason mount are playing at chelsea which shouldn't be the case like that should be the norm and that shouldn't yeah. be the exception that's, that's uh so yeah uh, that that is one benefit i guess of the of having these 
Awesome. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I wish I could continue this conversation a little while longer, but unfortunately, we've kind of run out of time. So thanks, Augustus, Doris, Michael, Sishadri for being on this podcast. It was a really insightful topic. It's a topic that I'm pretty sure we'd have, we can have more discussions on later as we get a little more accustomed to this because like Doris uh, emphasizes like concerns that there could be significant changes come a year or two later. Because, yeah, I mean, it's Boris Johnson. You never know what rules he comes up with. And then, you know, or we could have the same thing going on and see how it has impacted the clubs in general. And also how maybe, I mean, there were talks about, obviously, that project Big Picture where there were there were hints that they wanted to move to a more Bundesliga model. So it's definitely going to be very, very interesting. And uh, yeah, it was really insightful having this conversation with you guys. Definitely certain things that I hadn't thought of before this conversation that I I am now going to think about. Uh, definitely that manager thing. I completely threw me off guard that I didn't think that I didn't know about it at all. So yeah, uh, that's why that's why we have these discussions so that we learn and you know kind of get to grips about what what's happening and what people are thinking about what's happening. So thanks guys for being a part of this podcast. Can't wait to host you all soon. I know, Augustus, I'm going to host you quite soon anyway. Thank uh, you for hosting me. Yeah, hey, thank awesome. you guys. And thank you guys for the great conversation. It was really good. Thanks for having us on, Freddy. Awesome, yeah. And uh, if you're, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this last one hour, a little more than one hour. It was really, really insightful. And if you do like the football content that we are putting out, either the FFS or the MWS series, then please do rate us. You can subscribe to our our podcast on seven different platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, yeah, we're there on predominantly all of these platforms, so you can check us out there. You can also check our Twitter and Instagram page where I try to keep as active as possible. And let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast as well. We'd love to host you no matter from where you are and all that. So we'll definitely find time to you know, host you uh, on this podcast. Uh, I guess that's about it for episode number 10 of the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You stay safe and see you.